Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Twelve thirty-three in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you today. Guests of the show received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated open from Wednesday through Sunday uh, from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. If you're looking for Jason Kenney's press conference uh, about his minor cabinet shuffle up, you can head on over to Global News Radio 880 Edmonton, our sister station, and they will have that live for you as we speak. But of course, the story today in the hockey world, the Toronto Maple Leafs, Kyle Dubas starting his uh, retool, his retool as they try and work around those four mammoth contracts that have not seen them out of the first round of the playoffs. They have parted ways with Kasperi Kapanen. Kapanen, somebody who's been talked about on this show over the course of the last year, year and a half or so, just in terms of his fit as a speedy, four-checking, penalty-killing type winger who can step up and play in in more of a top-six role. Again, he's had a 20-goal season. I think he's better suited for the bottom six. Pittsburgh always finds an interesting way to utilize these guys like a Brian Rust or a Connor Sheary and, and, um, goodness, even a Pascal Dupuis or a Chris Kunitz, like just plugging them in alongside the stars and figuring out how to make it successful. That said, I wonder whether there was something earlier in Kapanen's career that they felt was maybe not part of the future, um, you know, in Pittsburgh, right? And they had the opportunity to acquire Phil Kessel a a long time ago and, and pulled the trigger on that. And now Kapanen's heading back to Pittsburgh. So I'm very curious to see how he's going to get used there. Um, in terms of what options that leaves left uh, for Edmonton and Toronto as potential trade partners, I mean, you're probably still looking at Andreas Janssen. That's that's going to be the, the glaring one sticking out like a sore thumb now. If, if you're sending an Adam Larson to Toronto, you are going to be getting an Andreas Janssen back. You've got to figure. If not him, Cody, a Kerfoot. Probably at the very least, you know, some sort of combination of those and a couple of prospects. Um, This is an indication for me from the Toronto camp that they're ready to go with Nick Robertson, by the way. Brought him up for the playoffs out of uh, Peterborough. A great season in Peterborough where he had a lot of people excited. And he showed well in the playoffs, fair to say? Oh, yeah, he fits in perfectly with their style. He's got that speed to keep up. Like, he wasn't a step behind anyone. No, exactly. And I think that you're seeing a little bit more leniency around the league in terms of teams willing to uh, let the talent shine and maybe shield the young kids from the slap across the face that is the adjustment to the NHL game. Maybe maybe a little less interest in that and, hey, let's accelerate some of this stuff. Could we see more of that in the next two, three, four, five? 
five years with a flat cap? Oh, you'd better believe it. So, you know, if I'm a GM now, I'm if I don't have many internal options, I'm a little bit worried. If I'm Ken Holland and I'm looking two, three years from now at Ryan McLeod as my third line center, I feel better about that, right? So, who can they add that's gonna that's gonna make sense on a budget, but also still improve the team in the immediate future? Johnson, Kerfoot, what else? That's just with Toronto. Of course, that's not going to be the only place that Ken Holland looks. Pittsburgh is somewhere else, frankly. I mean, last week we were talking Brian Rust as a potential trade target because he is somebody that can score, but also get out there and play a more responsible role if you need. And that's sort of, you know, been what uh, what might ail uh, the... Uh, what might cure the Oilers' ailment uh, in some senses, at least in some areas of where their game would like to improve. But Pittsburgh, boy, who are you looking at on Pittsburgh now when thinking there might be... Like Edmonton, if they're looking at Pittsburgh's roster, it has to be at either Jari or Murray. Yeah, you got to start from the goaltending aspect. But for Pittsburgh, what I'm really curious about and what Jim Rutherford's doing is, are they trying to make it go for another run here in the next year or two? Or are they trying to, to kind of start to blow things up because... There, there's no hiding it. Crosby and Malkin, they're not getting any younger. Isn't it hard to believe that Malkin's already 34 years old and Crosby earlier this month turning 33? Like, this is... It's... For you and me, Cody, I think Crosby's sort of our first generational star that we've been able to watch the entire come up and, and rise to fame and, the, and the, the peak and those couple of cup wins. And he peaked... <laughs> He had a couple of peaks, really. If you want to think about 08, 09, when they went there back-to-back, and then uh, 16, 17, they did it again. So they've always been able to sort of retool on the fly, as you're alluding to, and, and make that one more push, make that that one more effort towards the cup. Eventually, you're going to hamstring yourself, though, and you look at Washington right now, and Washington sort of had the same philosophy. Here's our core. Let's sign everybody. They got it all done on a reasonable dollar amount. So Ovechkin's entering the final year of his deal. He's also 35, so he'll be a little bit cheaper for them. The only person that I can see not sticking around in actuality is Braden Holtby, and they've got a pretty good guy to pass the torch to. Well, it hurt them this year that they couldn't get Ilya Samsonov in these playoff games because this was his time to develop where, not that these playoffs don't mean as much, but this was the perfect opportunity for Holtby to mentor a young goalie in the playoffs in a sense of passing the torch because I don't see Holtby coming back. That's that's as frank as it is. Washington's not going to want to pay him what he wants. And is Washington really going to want to keep him around after some of his playoff performances after the Cup win? Yeah, that's a good point too. He has not proven to be the steady force that they need. He was a Vesna winner, but that's four years ago now. He was a cup winner, but that was two years ago now on a pretty loaded team with Barry Trotz behind the bench, right? So, you know, uh, the reason that I bring this up is because they, they have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and now their best prospect is Connor McMichael. And there's a pretty significant drop-off after that. So eventually, if you trade away the future for the now and you don't figure out how to sell off your stars, like up front, Washington can make a push. If they figure they've got the defense and the goaltending to, to make another push, okay. They don't have any more real options to send out in order to bolster the roster. Anyway. 
Here we are, waiting on Mark Spector to finish up with the Vancouver Canucks uh, video call. That's what's going on, and I can see the phone ringing right now. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll let Cody connect the phone line, and I'll tell you that Sportsnet Specs appearances are brought to you each Tuesday by the horses. Horse Racing Alberta, who present live racing each Friday and Sunday evening. To comply with AHS regulations, spectators limited at this time, but you can go online to hpibet.com to watch and wager. Mr. Specter, we know the Canucks have a job in front of them tonight. Their stars didn't register a shot on goal. I'm curious what the theme of that conference call that you were just on was heading into tonight. Well, you never know because the Canucks do about three questions and end the call, so it's hard to know if there was a theme, uh, Brendan. For some reason, uh, the Canucks the Canucks feel like the rules that everybody else that applies to everyone else don't apply to them. So, uh, having ranted on that. Uh, you know, they're a team that just lost a game, and they're trying not to make too much of it, right? They're trying to say, look, we lost the game. We didn't play any good. Uh, you know, we know that if we play better, we can, we're going to be a, have a better result. Now let's find that out tonight. But that's what they're saying to themselves is we're not judging this series. We're not judging our ability to play with Vegas on game one because we just didn't play very well. So you know, it's the old saying, sometimes it's better to lose 5 nothing than 2-1 to one when you played a great game. Uh, they're looking forward to playing a really good game and seeing how they stack up, and I am looking forward to watching the Canucks at their best and seeing how they stack up. Uh, how much of an impact really was was you know Ryan Reeves and maybe the emotional? Uh, we've seen teams come out deflated previously after a, a big emotional win. They knocked off the Cup champions. That's why Berkey gave the Canucks a pass. Are you feeling the same way heading into tonight? Yeah, usually the team that I, don't know, I we shouldn't say that. I've covered so many of these series, and, and I think it's a 50-50 split, Brandon. Like, there's one team on one side that sat around for, what, is, what did Vegas sit for, five days or something? Uh, and then there's another team that played two nights before in a highly emotional game six. And I've covered just as many series where, where the rest turns into rust, and the team that played the emotional game six just keeps on rolling, and they win game one. And I'm covering this series where Vancouver clearly – did not have anywhere close to the emotion against Vegas that they had in Game Six against St. Louis, and and so you know we this is what makes talk radio, right? We're gonna chew on why it happened, but I'll tell you what, covering playoffs for 30 years, I've seen it go both ways so many times that. I couldn't tell you, you know, what is the cause and what is the effect? Who knows, man? Now, if Vancouver goes down tonight as well, then they're in pretty darn hot water against the number one ranked Vegas Golden Knights. There's no two ways about that. Uh, I think it's going to behoove them not to allow uh, the likes of Ryan Reeves to be as much of a distraction for them as he was last night. But I think that that just kind of goes without saying for them in the same breath. Spack, I want to have enough time here to really break down what the Leafs have done this morning. They, they, uh, a first-round pick uh, from Pittsburgh who got Kasperi Kapanen back after the deal from Phil, for Phil Kessel a long time ago. Uh, Six-player deal this morning, but Kapanen is now a Penguin, and the Leafs pick up a first-rounder. What's your thoughts? Well, I, I like it from a Leafs standpoint, for sure, because I don't think Kapanen... Kapanen, all he proved uh, to everybody in Toronto was that he didn't play well with top sentiment, right? He didn't play well with with either Mitch Marner or John Tavares uh, after many tries. So, you know, if people in Pittsburgh, I'm hearing them say, what if he comes in and plays with Crosby? Well, Crosby's one of the toughest centermen in the hockey to play with. That's a proven fact. So I doubt that, Mar- uh, that, that they're, you know, the Penguins are bringing in a top six winger. They may think they are, but Toronto wouldn't tell you that they are. So 
to me, if it's Kasperi Kapanen for a, a first-round pick, I'll take the first-round pick at this point in a very deep draft. And, you know, there's, then there's a bunch of flotsam and jetsam, right? Like Jesper Lindgren's a 23-year-old who goes to Pittsburgh, a defenseman. He hasn't made the NHL yet at 23. How good is he? If he was really good, he'd be in a league. Uh, you know, David Orofsky's a 30-year-old AHL player. He goes to Pittsburgh. He's whatever. Pontus Aberg, we know him. He's not <laughs> going to play in a league anymore. So really, when you look at this thing, Evan Rodriguez goes to the Leafs. He's a depth winger. He's not as good as Kapanen, but he's okay. So really, to me, the meat potatoes here is Kapanen for a first-round pick, 15th overall. Uh, I'll take the first-round pick over Kapanen and the ensuing uh, freed-up cap space, Brennan, which will allow the Leafs maybe to address the defense when they need on the free agent wire. I'm glad you bring that up as we chat with uh, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Um, they didn't acquire Jack Johnson, which was, I think, the first uh, bit of tomfoolery on the internet that I saw this morning. Um, they didn't fill the void that we believe could make Edmonton a good trade partner for Toronto in the way of uh, kind of a gritty right-shot defenseman, right? So uh, I think Ken Holland's probably looking at that and saying, all right, well, there's still a market for us here, but do you believe that Kapanen was somebody the Oilers were looking at, and are their sights now a little bit more set on a Johnson or, a, or pardon me, a Johnson or a Kerfoot or uh, how does this? What what does this mean for Edmonton? Well, Edmonton's in the mix. They're, they also have to be in the mix for Matt Murray, right? You know, the Matt Murray mm-hmm. would fit very well here off of Pittsburgh's roster, and it seems pretty clear that that Jim Rutherford uh, is looking at making a move with one of his goalies. And I'm going to say you probably keep Jari, who's younger and cheaper and was just as good this year, sometimes better. So, sure, the Leafs are a trading partner for Edmonton because, I mean, let's, let's cut to the chase. We're talking about uh, Adam Larson, very likely. Maybe a Matt Benning, probably an Adam Larson. Uh, right shot, defensive defenseman, you know, give you a little bit of physicality. Um, you know, that's why we call them trading partners. So, uh, what's left over there? You know, the orders are a pretty wide-open template. Kerfit plays center. Uh, I don't know if he's the third-line centerman that, that I'm thinking about when I think of a draw-winning, penalty-killing, you know, hard rock, Manny Mahotra type. I'm not sure Kirk Kerfoot's that guy. And uh, Janssen for Larson? Well, I need more coming back than just Janssen for Larson. So let's see. Let's see how this thing fleshes out. Very good point. Uh <laughs> Wow, were we ever blessed with some, uh, you want to talk about talk radio topics. Alan Walsh, it wasn't up for very long, but we talked about yesterday how he had the tweet that he sent out uh, with the picture of Marc-Andre Fleury, his client. Um, Walsh is the agent for him. The dagger into the back with the boar's name on it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's cute, it's humorous, it's effective, uh, and to me it just put another goalie into the conversation about who may be available in this offseason. Is that a fair thing to surmise? Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, and, and both sides of the, of the coin. I mean, Flurry clearly wants to get out of there because it don't, you know what, it's awfully easy to blame the agent for this, and the agent was no doubt part of it. But it doesn't happen without the player's blessing, right? And then when Marc-Andre Fleury came out 24 hours later and said, yeah, I just asked my agent to take the tweet down. Well, you know, if he, was, if he didn't like it, he'd ask him to take it down five minutes later because you know his phone blew up the second it went out there, right? So don't blame the agent on this. This is Marc-Andre Fleury's tweet more than anybody's. So let's say he wants out. I'm sure he does because Leonard's come in and, and basically taken his job. But 
Now I'm asking you, you're trying to trade a guy with two years left seven million dollars. Right. Vegas doesn't want a number two goalie making seven million bucks. They're gonna to look to unload this guy for sure. But how do we make that trade? I mean, how do you you know, what do you do? Let's say you're Edmonton. Edmonton needs a goalie. How would on earth would would Ken Holland fit seven million dollars onto his cap? Most teams want to spend seven million dollars on both their goalies. You know? So mm. sure, Carolina sounds like a great spot for Mark Andre Fleury next year. But there's got to be some wheeling and dealing before that happens. No, without a doubt. And, and if it's not the recipient making the space, it's going to have to be Vegas holding on to you know forty or fifty percent of that salary retained just to get him half off of their books. Is sort of right. what would make sense for me. But then you're talking about you know Flurry's going to be thirty six years old before the start of the next season. So if you're Edmonton, I mean, how much longer is he an upgrade over Mike Smith? I don't know. And yet, spec, I turn here to our text line 780-496-0063 and Keith in Vancouver says definitely no to Matt Murray like Smith he's already getting too slow so you know despite the age of a Matt Murray making him obviously more attractive of an option he certainly has his detractors in his own right so it seems like you're almost going to have to pick which of the difficult um, baggage I suppose uh, you're going to deal with in acquiring one of these goaltenders in the offseason right? Oh, for sure. You know, you listen. If the best goalies are all going to, no one gives up an A goalie. Like, if you've got a great goaltender, you know, you're not giving them up. So it's only teams that have issues with their goalies, that they got too many guys or whatever it is. Um, you know, so I don't know what to tell you. I know this that you need to upgrade on Mike Smith's age more than anything. You know, and you could sign Mike Smith for another year, Brent. Like, take Mike. Mike Smith was mm-hmm. awfully good last year. The Oilers' goaltending was helped them win last year, as opposed to costing them wins. You know, the playoffs, the qualifying round. They, you know, let's forget about that for now. Let's talk about the large sample size of seventy-one games. Or goaltending was good, but Mike Smith's thirty-eight, and Koskinen is what's he thirty-one. So. You know, you just got to get younger here at some point. You got to get younger. So, in a pinch, it's quite possible that if Ken Holland finds his best deals on other parts of his lineup this year, he'll sign Mike Smith to a one-year deal. But he's waiting around to see what's coming up here. You know, there's an extra goalie in St. Louis. There's an extra goalie in Pittsburgh. You know, you know who's floating around out there might be Devin Dubnik if you're looking for a veteran guy to come in. Uh, on a short-term, not-too-expensive deal. So Ken Holland's taking his time, and I don't blame him. He'll, he'll figure something out along the way. Is it going to be a big splash like, like Matt Murray? Is it going to be a small splash like uh, Mike Smith? I don't know. Let's, let's wait and let him get his work done. I want to talk to you about uh, the firing of head coach Todd Reardon spec, but we're going to take a quick timeout, and then we'll come back with that on the other side here on Oilers Now. 12.53 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you along with Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. We were talking about the trade Leafs acquiring a 2020 first rounder from Pittsburgh in exchange mostly. I mean, this is a six-player deal, a six-piece deal, but uh, Kapanen uh, in exchange for a first rounder. But prior to... This week, Todd Reardon uh, was shown the pink slip in Washington after just a couple of seasons spec, but two seasons in which they bowed out of the first round of the playoffs. And GM Brian McClellan admitting that 
in retrospect, maybe he could have or should have chosen somebody more experienced behind the bench. Now, I mean, that sounds an awful like, lot like what we had been talking about in Edmonton when they acquired Holland and Tippett. And I was sort of poking around yesterday with our guests and seeing like, it's not the Oilers model. And the Oilers went through a lot of, of failed experiments before bringing Tippett and Holland in. But seeing how immediate of an impact the Oilers coaching staff had, do you think that might be part of the reason why someone like GM Brian McClellan in Washington opted to say, hey, we need a change up here for some veteran pro, uh, poise behind the bench? Well, their windows, you know, closing. Their best players there, Ovechkin uh, and Backstrom, uh, don't have a ton of time left here. You know, and, and I mean, the stupidity, or the, the, I guess the foolishness is they had the coach they're looking for, Barry Trotz. And there's only one reason why they let him fly, and that was money. Mm-hmm. You know, they did not want to pay him after he won a Stanley Cup for their team, the first in their history. They didn't want to pay the Piper. They didn't want to pay what that coach makes, which is about $5 million U.S., they didn't want it. They said no. And Trotz walked and ended up going to the Islanders, who just, I guess, who just knocked them out of the playoffs. So, you know, they want a veteran coach. You know what it's going to cost them, Brendan? Oh, it's going to cost them about $5 million bucks now. <laughs> so, you know, penny uh, wise, pound foolish. The organization, and I'm not blaming McClellan because uh, I'll bet you that it came from above him. Owner Ted Leonsis would have been all over this thing because he's a very hands on owner. Uh, that's a bogey for that organization. They had what they need. They let it go because they were too tight. And now they're looking for the same thing all over again. Major double bogey for the Washington Capitals. That being said, right now, there is an abundance of experienced head coaches, and that had to have factored in as well. John Shannon saying yesterday, you know, a guy like Elaine Vigneault, for example, he's never really been out of work all that long. So I'm wondering of the names available in the way of a Laviolette, uh, you know, a Gerard Gallant who was let go somewhat uh, unceremoniously in Vegas. A lot of people scratching their heads at that. Uh, you know, even Mike Babcock, let's say, is available. Yep. I don't think he's ready for a return, but he would be an option. I mean, what's a likely replacement if you have one? Well, you just name them all, right? Like, because there's no point for those of us to talk about, you know, there's no point digging out a name out of the AHL here. There's no point digging up a guy like, even talk about a guy like Glenn Gullitson or, you know, who's been a coach who's coming back. They've already said, we want a really experienced guy, and we all know who those guys are. And I don't see how you know, Babcock is the only reason that I think Babcock might not be a fit there is because he's going to require a ton of money. And that's an organization that already showed us they're trying to get the coaching on the cheap. So to me, it, it would be paycheck that keeps Babcock out of there. Uh, Laviolette, sure, why not? Gerard Gallant, sure, why not? You know, they're veteran guys. And, you know, they need someone who can do this quick, right? Quickly. Because there's not a ton of time left with that core group. It's a, you know, they've got a couple of good young guys, but we know the star, straws that stir the drink in that town, and they're older guys. Ovechkin only has so much time left. He doesn't have time to break in a new young coach. Obviously, the Tard Reardon thing didn't work. Uh, they're surely not going down that road again. So it'll be one of those vets you probably just named one of the guys that's going to end up getting that gig, Brandon. 
Do you think that that is a group that sometimes struggles to gel with a new coach? And I'm basing that on prior to Barry Trotz. It seemed like they, it was Adam Oates that they had there for a while, and it just didn't work between him and Ovechkin. I mean, do they almost need to hire somebody, considering that the window might only be a couple of years, that fits the guys that they have going there right now? Or is that just too obvious a thing to say? And no, no, you can't. You know, you you can't come in and say, okay. Uh, Ovechkin and okay, Nicholas Backstrom. We're going to do things completely different at this point in your career. We're changing everything. Like that's, you know, that's that's not how it works. You need a guy that can get that can take what the best players do there and say, okay, this is how we're going to play. We're going to work around that. You don't. It's it's you know not, you're not going in there to teach a bunch of old dogs new tricks here. So. For sure. The, the Capitals play a certain way. It was certainly good enough to win him a Stanley Cup two years ago, so I'm not sure why we're changing it a whole bunch, frankly. And, uh, you know, I, if I was going in there right now, I'd go take a look, a hard look, at how Barry Trotz won four playoff rounds, and I'd try to get my team to play exactly that way uh, because it's recent history. It's not a long time ago, and the, the Capitals were clearly the best team in the league when they beat Vegas two years ago. All right, it is uh, creeping up on 12.59 here in Edmonton. We're joined by uh, Sportsnet's Mark Spector. He'll come back after the 1 o'clock news. We'll dip into uh, Calgary and their early exit, Johnny Goudreau's future there, uh, if any, and uh, maybe whether Jeff Ward is going to be sticking around behind the bench. This is Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer all week long on Oilers Now. We're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.